0: Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope to inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 282. Today, you're going to learn a two-step process on how to train your mindset. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Jordan Benjamin. Jordan, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Heather.
0: Thank you so much for joining. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do?
1: So I live up in the mountains of Vail, Colorado, uh, near the ski resort, if anybody's familiar. And my day job is I work for a company called HubSpot, selling marketing sales tech software. Uh, but what I do there is I actually coach our marketing agency partners on how do they drive growth in their business, which has really led me to start my own business, helping people create their own operating system to find fulfillment, joy, happiness, and harmony in their lives so working with sales teams and sales leaders to give them some more of the real skills uh, to ultimately help them level up and perform their best in their lives
0: i love this and i can't wait to dive in and what you call as my core os my core operating system but before we get into the goods can you please give a brief background on what even led you onto this course some life events some happenings and And then you realized, huh, maybe it's time to go in a different direction, a different perspective. How did that happen?
1: It's a long story, but I'll try and make it short as ultimately it's been a journey of exploration for myself. Uh, I grew up as an athlete, stopped playing sports when I went to college, went to a pretty open liberal arts school as I had no idea what I really wanted to do and got introduced to yoga uh, and meditation my freshman year. Uh, had my mind blown to the point where I just realized there was more than I had ever been taught to know that was possible in the world in terms of feeling. After that first yoga class, I remember lying there in Shavasana and having this sensation running through my body that I'd never felt before, had never been taught about, and really got me on this path to open my mind to start exploring possibilities that I'd never seen. And so I started doing a ton of yoga in college out in Southern California, Um, started tapping into meditation a lot more to start seeing how I might be able to train my brain in ways that I trained my muscles uh, when I was in sports. Mm -hmm. And from that, worked at Lululemon for a couple of years, which in hindsight instilled some really great skills in me around being able to focus on setting goals and targets of where I wanna go. Uh, And then went and worked in the startup world, stumbled into sales. I like talking to people, had a mentor that said, Hey, here's a company that's hiring. Uh, And really liked it. Ended up doing quite well in sales, watched the company grow from about 30 people to a hundred. And then we had to lay everybody off after about two and a half or three years there. And got to see that experience. Went out and partied with my coworkers because we all, it was the middle of the day on like a Thursday. Uh, We had nothing to do. So we went out downtown and started drinking and partying uh, and then figuring out what our next steps in our life would be. Went to another startup company, was there for about three months where I got laid off again. (laughs) And so within about six months, I'd gotten laid off twice. And the first experience when we just went out and partied, I realized really didn't serve me that well. Mm -hmm. And so as I was sitting in the chair within minutes of them telling me I was let go, still on my computer for the old company, uh, reached out to somebody at HubSpot and pretty quickly pulled myself up by the bootstraps to say, Hey, I need to find a new opportunity. My girlfriend was moving to Boston at the time. I didn't want to go to the East coast at all. I was happy about the new job that I had had, but conditions changed pretty quickly. And I realized I had this opportunity to either go out, party again, not put in any effort or say, now is the time for me to pick myself back up And now is the time for me to take a huge step and a huge leap. And so applied to HubSpot at the time, which was still earlier phase uh, from where they are today, about 700 employees, 14 interviews later, I moved from my pretty much lifelong home of Colorado uh, out to Boston in the East Coast, which was scary, Uh, but got there and and all of a sudden my life opened up with new possibilities and things that I could never, had never dreamed of really, uh, and really that is one of the key things in me that instilled this understanding of I can sit there, I can choose what my outcome and what my reality will be. And from there has opened up speaking engagements, top performance on, you know, one of the fastest growing companies out there today in tech and has also led me to to work and train with a lot of people to realize most of the training, especially in sales is around how to do the job. And yet, When I look at professional athletes, there's always this concept of it's 10% physical, 90% mental. And so that's what's really moved me now over my own personal development, spending a lot of time digging in, going on meditation retreats, personal development seminars. To ultimately say, we haven't been taught the skills through school that actually help us find joy, fulfillment, and success in our lives. So that's what's helped me build my core OS To start working with folks on understanding what is your operating system and how can you intentionally create that person that you want to build to find that success, to find the harmony, to find the joy in your life that will prevent a lot of the burnout, a lot of the stress, a lot of the fatigue that I see with people that I work with every day.
0: Okay, so I have... So many notes, and I really want to break this down because, I mean, you shared a lot of golden nuggets, and, and and that's going to be a lot for people to hear all at once, and so I want to kind of go step by step and, and break this down so it's like, oh, dang, because we've all experienced similar, if you want to call them adversities or challenges, obstacles in our life, but it's that whole life is happening for you, not to you. So number one, if we could back it up and go to, I love the metaphor that you used, You learned that you had to train your brain like you trained your muscles in sports. I use that metaphor a lot because it's so easy and it's visual, but you you don't go to the gym one time and do bicep curls and have bodies the rest of your life. It's consistent repetition. So talk to me and share, how do you quote, train your brain? How do you create your reality? Such
1: an exciting one. That is especially opened up for me lately as modern science has started to show folks that spend a lot of time meditating. Actually, you can see in their brains through functional MRI that they respond better to adversity, that they get less stressed. And so for me, meditation has been one of the things that I've really tapped into for the last 15 years. Um, It started out with CDs from a company called the Monroe Institute, which played different sounds in each ear, which your brain harmonizes, uh, to make this one sound, which blew my mind. Uh, and then I've explored things like TM is really popular transcendental meditation that just gives you one mantra to use. A lot of business executives talk about it because it really helps you build focus and build some depth. And so for me, I think there are a lot of different forms of meditation that create different things. So for me in my world, what I typically practice is something around gratitude to train my brain to focus on the positives more. As I know, I've heard you talk about our brain over many years has been conditioned to find the negatives, to keep us safe, to keep us alive. And so I practice gratitude almost every single day, focusing on first thing when I wake up, today's a great day for a great day. It gives me the opportunity to feel alive some people didn't wake up. I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. That starts to condition and train my brain to build new neural pathways through neurogenesis or neuroplasticity. that give me the ability to actually find happiness and joy. And then the other form of meditation I like to practice is a balance between insight and just focusing on the breath and finding open awareness. And then also using this practice of TM as my brain tends to be pretty scattered. Uh, I, I like the pinball uh, concept that you introduced to me earlier, where I feel like that's just going on in my brain. And so if I can help build a little bit more focus by using a mantra or having something to focus on consistently in the meditation really helps me build those key skills that I think are important are gratitude. How do you find joy? How do you find focus and how do you reflect a bit on what is coming up for you? So those are the three components that I like to use mostly uh, as I think about training my brain and where I spend my time.
0: And I want to share on that because meditation, it's, it's not funny and I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in synchronicities and messages come to you when you're ready. You know, the, the teacher appears when the student is ready kind of thing. But what you shared is, and I think a lot of people get tripped up on meditation because they think you have to sit still in an uncomfortable position on a pillow and silence your thoughts. And I remember when I started number one, it was torture. Let me be real. It was torture. Yep. And that's, but you have to, my mom taught me that think of thoughts as clouds and simply let them pass by because we attach meaning to thoughts. We get hung up in the thoughts. And then, and then for me, especially, it's like my to-do list goes out of control when I'm trying to sit there in silence. But I also want people to know this is how I've actually, I'm better at moving meditations running without any music or whatever, if I'm just running and I'm so present and in the zone, that's a form of meditation. Walking or hiking in nature, so I just want people to know you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable position and try to focus on your breath, however it's helpful. So question, in your meditation, are you visually rehearsing that future? Are you creating your reality in the now? Like. Can you talk to me about what are, what are the benefits of your meditating?
1: Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned the fourth piece that I usually include there is visualization. So that, that is something that I do like to use because your brain doesn't know the difference between you sitting there visualizing something happening And you actually doing it as you've seen a lot of the Olympic athletes, a lot of times the gymnasts, the swimmers, they will sit there with their eyes closed right before their match. And they'll actually rehearse it totally in their brain. And again, using this FMRI technology, you'll find that the same neurons fire, even though they're not actually going and running the event or doing the gymnastic trick, they're just practicing it in their mind. And so I love to condition my mind to think about today, okay, what does my day look like as I'm sitting in my meditation or walking? I've looked at my calendar. I've already set up my task list for the day. And I say, okay, what does it look like for that day to go well for me? What do I want those meetings to look like? What does success look like for me today? And so I love using some form of visualization as I sit there to think about what will this reality look like as I move there and know that not everything's going to go to plan. And I may think about that as well to say, what happens if, I get a no from this person. How am I going to respond? And so I love to get some of that visualization to prepare me for my day, my week, my month. As I think about my morning routine, for sure.
0: And I think that's something that you you briefly touch on is about being intentional. And is do you feel that's what? Why meditation is so powerful is because it's helping you to be present and intentional on how you want your time to unfold.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think so many of us fly blind every day without a real target. And I I was talking to a a CEO earlier today that I work with who is training to be a pilot. And I was like, how frequently do you get in that airplane with no idea of where you're going? Almost never. never. And yet when we show up to our days, when we show up to our life in general, we haven't really been taught. How do we set goals? How do we set targets? And once we have that target, I believe it makes that intention so much easier to say, well, here's where I'm trying to go. Now I can make my decisions more in alignment with where I want to go. And it helps you bring that presence. It helps you bring that awareness. I think it is really the key to understanding yourself before you can actually go out and help others or give to others. Because the, the framework that I like to use uh, that I actually got from my dad was to build empathy. It's first know yourself so you can control yourself. And from there, you can now know and understand others and actually go do something for others. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's where meditation really helps me tap into that personal awareness and presence in that moment, but also it builds that skill throughout my day. So I can say, I'm talking really fast, or I'm really anxious about what's happening right now. I need to slow down or uncover that and take a little bit more control as I think about creating that person that I'm working to create.
0: Love that. Something else uh, that I started here that you were sharing with your back to back layoffs. The first one you went out and partied, you know, you're, you're joining fun employed, whatever. But then the second time that's when you, you change. But the two words that I really like that you used were choice and perspective. So can you dive a little deeper into what all that is and how, how can people do that when they face obstacles?
1: Totally. And it's really easy to say in hindsight. I I think that's one of those pieces where in the moment it's really challenging to take a pause, to notice what's going on, which is where I think meditation has really helped because I can move away from just fight or flight. And so I believe that our choices dictate our outcomes. And you may not always have. You may make the right choice and you may still have a crappy outcome. But if we can continually take a step back, take in perspective, maybe beyond ourselves, asking other people that we know, getting, you know, maybe it's reading a book, listening to podcasts, all these things help build some more perspective to help me think about how do I evaluate the choices that I can make and how do I try to make the choice that aligns most with the intention of where I want to go. And I think over those two layoffs, I'd realized that I could either sit there and let someone else decide what my future is going to look like, or I can take control of it and say, yeah, I'm going to go in. I'm going to apply for this job, even though it scares me, even though it's at a bigger company that I've ever worked for in my life or more sophisticated or more successful or whatever it might be. But really that is where I am the only person that's in control of my destiny. And I think that's where the things that we control are so important for us to focus on. And that's where over time, I think you're going to look back on things and say, oh, this is a decision that I made that worked out really well and here's why. Here's a decision that I made that didn't really work out. And that's again where I love to come back to that meditative piece to say, how do I reflect on what's happened and say what went well and what can I improve on that really helps me build that growth mindset in pretty much anything that I do. And really is something that evolved for me between those two layoffs where I realized that I can grow. I have more control. I have more choice in what my future looks like. And sometimes you just have to take a little bit of a leap of faith and go with your gut and go with your heart and, can be really surprised at how things turn out beyond your wildest dreams.
0: 100%. Something I wanted to ask you there when you took that leap of faith when you're sitting there and you know you decide to message your connection at HubSpot, were you feeling pulled to do that because I would love to talk about if this is something you experienced the pull versus the push.
1: So I I think I felt pushed to do something new because I got laid off. Uh, but in terms of, I don't know exactly what it was, but for me, it was just a this is an action that I have to take in this moment to feel again like I'm in control.
0: Yeah. Was it a nudge? And I guess what I'm getting at there is, and this is something I've talked about on a previous episode. But the difference between fear and ego pushing you, forcing the hustle and grind, have to take action, feeling, creating resistance versus your intuition, your inner guide, whatever you want to call it, are whispers and kind of more of a pull, a nudge. Hey, try this. Try, maybe try this.
1: Definitely so much more the latter. It was just a, this is the thing to do right now. was just this gut reaction that said, I have, I have this choice. I saw the way that I interacted the last time after I got laid off. And that I thought served me pretty well, but obviously not well enough So it was like, okay, I've got to start reaching out, making these connections and leveraging other people to, to see where I can find the opportunity. And luckily after, I don't know, it was like 14 interviews every time my, my connection was like, oh, like, I can't believe you've made it this far. Not many people make it in here. My bar wasn't, my expectations were set pretty low uh, as he kind of under promised there, which was great. But it was definitely something that felt like I was pulled to say, I have to do this now. And I think that's to where my, my mindset and approach had evolved to say, what are the things that are in my control? And that was one of the few things. And it's the job, whether I kept the job or lost the job, really wasn't up to me at that point in time, but what was up to me was what do I do next? And that's where I felt that pull towards great. I know Adam over here, I need to reach out and see what possibilities lie there. And conveniently I reach out and he says, Oh my gosh, we just hired a new chief revenue officer. We're growing our sales team like crazy. Let's get you in for an interview next month. And six and a half years later, here we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Still there. Something that it seems like is kind of a common theme in what you're sharing is about being proactive versus reactive.
1: I think it's it's super huge. Um, it's really tough when you've always got to be reacting that, That's where I love this concept of intentionality and presence to say how do you really create what you want in your life? And I have seen, So many of my friends, so many people that I've grown up with that just go with the flow, which I like as a concept, but again, loses that control and gives up the intentionality of really designing what does that great life look like for you. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think many of us have been trained to realize that that's in our control. I, I think our education system is built for us to... Come out and be cogs on an industrial factory floor. And so, as you start looking out, how do you be proactive, how do you set an intention, how do you set a goal as you get into your day, your week, your month, your year, or longer five, 10 year plan, starts to help push you in the right direction to prepare yourself for the skills that you're going to need to get to that end point where you want to be. And knowing that stuff's going to happen, things are going to come up in life, but I think when you've got to be reactive, it's one, much more stressful, builds a lot more anxiety and two takes away a lot of that control that you can have to really have an impact on where your life goes and where it ends up.
0: So now to circle back where we started, I'd love for you to share this whole philosophy or idea of my core OS. What does that mean? in you know, operating as humans and how, how do we up level or version two or upgrade how?
1: Such an interesting question, and I'm still working on it as I talk to other people. But fundamentally, what I've found is one, we built computers kind of like humans. Your computer, your cell phone, whatever it may be, you're getting operating system updates pretty frequently, whether it's for security flaws or whatever it might be in that realm, or to help the software run faster. And yet, our brain. Works very similarly, where maybe the brain is the hardware, it's the physical thing that you have, but the mind and what you put into the mind is actually what creates your outcomes as these programs run. And I haven't seen many people that are actually consciously aware or proactively creating what that operating system is for themselves. And so this has really come out of my own exploration for myself as I try to find harmony, as I try to find joy and fulfillment in my life. And what I realized is as I start to actually spend time understanding what are my values, what are the things that fill me up? What are the things that deflate me? Now, all of a sudden, I can start optimizing, well, where do I spend my time? How do I focus on knowing that, yeah, if I can go out and contribute and give to others value or ideas that help them improve their own life, that fills me up more so than even making money. And so now that I can start weighing, well, If this decision is between just making money or actually giving towards others, well, I now know that giving towards others is what's going to fill me up. That's going to bring me more happiness and joy, whether it's in my job, whether it's with a significant other. And so it's really where I've started to work to build this framework to help people understand themselves better so they can then optimize wherever it is that they want to go. Maybe it's more time with their family. Maybe it's more money. It's a career jump, whatever that could be but really building a framework to now start saying, well, what version of myself am I on? And really tapping into this concept of a growth mindset that says we can grow, we can build, we can improve on who we are. And even though I may not be the best organizer today, if I'm conscious and I put an effort there, I can improve those skills and fundamentally improve myself to be whoever it is that I want to be. And so that's the system that we're working on with folks to help build culture within an organization and with individuals that really focuses on how do we show up fully and ultimately be the best version of ourselves that we can be.
0: Question, because it sounds like to break that down into, I I love bullet points. I'm a bullet point kind of girl. Do you believe your framework on this whole idea of my core OS is about, here's what I, I took from what you shared, being intentional, creating clarity and having a vision. Is that fair? Am I missing a piece?
1: I think the only other piece then is the action you take behind it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of a four step thing, intentional, creating clarity, having a vision and then taking, you have to put a foot forward.
1: That's exactly it. I think that was what I learned from the the laid off experience was if I could pick myself up, By my bootstraps, when I feel like I'm at my lowest of lows, I can create incredible possibilities and opportunities. And that action step is where I tended in the past to sit and plan a lot and just sit and think and miss out on the actual action of it that makes the change and makes the difference.
0: Love that. Okay. So Jordan, question for you. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation?
1: Key takeaway for the listeners would be that you can create your own reality after you build some awareness of what it is that actually fills you up to create the direction you want to go.
0: Awareness creates, do you think awareness creates momentum?
1: Awareness plus action create momentum.
0: Okay. Love that. Okay, so I have a few rapid-fire questions to ask you to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by?
1: I love the Henry Ford quote. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right.
0: I know. You know what I love most? Man, I could go off on my own tangent. I won't. But what I love most about these early 1900s guys, Wallace D. Wattles, Napoleon Hill, Ford, Edison, keep going. The things they shared, the epiphanies, the ahas that they had are still true today. And it's so freaking simple.
1: It's interesting as I think everyone's trying to recreate the wheel, create this new thing. And yet you find that wisdom that has been passed down for many years. And when I go back to the meditation practices, I was recently in Thailand, studying with monks, these simple practices that people have been practicing, whether it's from the 1900s or whether it's from 3000 years ago, are still the most simple keys to happiness, to fulfillment, to success, even in this crazy age of 2020. I think it's such a good point.
0: Love that. Okay. Second question. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend?
1: So I just read The Score Takes Care of Itself about Bill Walsh, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, who turned them around from one of the worst NFL organizations to, I think it was five Super Bowls with Joe Montana and Steve Young. That was really, really fantastic.
0: What, what did he do? What was the shift?
1: So he implemented what he called his standard of performance. He didn't care whether you were the head coach, the owner, the MVP, all-star quarterback, or the janitor or front desk person. Everybody had to perform at this standard of excellence, not just at practice, not just on the big games. Every practice, it was the standard of excellence, no matter who you were. And so he talked about how they would go to the Super Bowl and it wouldn't be any different for their team because they practiced every day to this level of excellence, like it was the Super Bowl, and it's something that I've really been trying to work and implement for myself and the folks that I work with.
0: Well, talk about up leveling your software and hardware. It's like if, if you live this way via a lifestyle, not dabbling, not on Mondays, not when you feel like it, if you live this as a lifestyle, as a consistent routine, the outcomes that you would have. I love it's that. That's exactly
1: it. I, I, that is to me where it hit home and where I realized even as I go practice golf, I take a handful of practice swings that aren't very good. And so now it's a focus on how do I take fewer swings that are more intentional, that are more focused as I work with, you know, different business owners on how do we get them to where they want to go? It's much more focused. It's less things done better. So when something, you know, when the big event happens, when the big deal comes up to close, it's not any different.
0: Love that. Okay, final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: So this is one that I struggle with a lot because I'm incredibly happy with where my life has gone. And so I don't know if I would tell myself to do anything different aside from be curious. I think that is one of the things that this concept of intellectual curiosity And never letting that go is something that'll help you develop and grow and wish I would have pushed myself on a little bit more at a younger age to continue to just be curious, to learn from others, to explore new perspectives and things that are totally contrary to what I believe. Because from there I can say, Oh yeah, I liked that or I didn't. And I think it was easier for me to sit in a little bit of an echo chamber earlier on. So I think to be curious and to seek out, ideas that are different from mine is something that I should have done a little bit more. And fundamentally, I think our world could use some of. Yeah,
0: I love that. And what a great note to end on. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, Heather. It was great.
0: Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube, guess what? You got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the
1: next episode.